You're listening to the Community Pulse Podcast, a podcast on developer relations, community management, and everything in the tech community spectrum. Welcome your hosts, Mary Fengball, Jason Hand, and PJ Haggerty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of the Community Pulse Podcast. Uh, We're going to talk today about hiring a DevRel team. Uh, With us, we have Jill Jabinski from Fastly and Matt Broberg from Sensu. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? All right, I will jump in first. I am Jill Jabinski. As PJ mentioned, uh, I am the Senior Manager of Technical Recruiting at Fastly, so I hire all of our Eng product and security folks uh, at that company. I've been in recruiting in high tech for a number of years at this point and have been at a lot of different companies uh, and have built a number of DevRel teams. Um, So I am excited to jump into this. Awesome, Matt. And hey everyone, I'm Matt Broberg at MB Broberg pretty much everywhere. And I'm vice president of community at Sensu. We make an open source monitoring framework and I have the pleasure of curating the amazing contributor experience to our ecosystem of plugins and to the framework itself. And I've been doing developer relations work for uh, you know, about six years or so with a, a community stint before that in a marketing org and engineering before that. So dev advocacy, and now I get to build out a really amazing team here at Sensu and excited to talk about what that looks like. Awesome. Well, thanks both of you for being part of the show. Um, we're, we've been pretty excited about this topic in general. It feels like <clears throat> sort of bringing in uh, new DevRel uh, roles has, has been something a lot of companies are, are looking at. Um, PJ, PJ and I actually were chatting a little bit before the show about some of the stuff that he's working on and how suddenly uh, it seems like, you know, hiring and bringing in people to evangelize both, uh, you know, the product of something, but also sort of just the ideas and principles, much like I do with DevOps, where I'm not really evangelizing, a, you know, a certain type of uh, tool. It just seems like this is really starting to catch on. And so, um, you know, we're excited to have both, both of you on here um, to uh, sort of dig into this. But I'd like to hear a little bit more about, like, in general, from a community aspect, like what, what keeps you coming back? Like, what's sort of uh, something that's passionate about, you're passionate about when it comes to, like, this comun- the, the community aspect of business? Uh, start with Matt. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. No worries. Um, I'm I'm thrilled by this ability to uh, be able to connect with people as part of my job. I mean, that's always been the thing that's driven me towards community. I find uh, infrastructure and IT incredibly fascinating, which has kept me in that that part of the the industry. Um, but I, as much as I enjoy the technology side, it's more the interconnections of people um, that has always drawn me into it. And kind of now more than ever, uh, with open source being such a dominant uh, strategy for for business these days, like every large enterprise and every small startup is thinking about their open source strategy. And SaaS have really kind of gotten this down uh, very effectively about the value of community and its direct effect on the business bottom line. Um, I just think there's more of a business case than ever. So I just want to scream from the rooftops of like how to do it effectively, because I think now more than ever, there is validation that being great at hugging people and bringing people into your ecosystem, it has direct value on, on the, the companies that you work for. So I'm more jazzed than ever that this is a thing that we can do professionally. 
Yeah, it's been really interesting for me because, so I actually care quite little about the technology, any technology, <laughs> almost none, uh, <laughs> but I care a lot uh, about the human beings that are involved. And that's kind of always how I've been. Um, when I was at Rackspace, which was the first time that I built out a DevRel team, I, I didn't know what it was. Uh, I had never heard of it before. And, you know, I was still newish in my career then and uh, was living in this like, persona of everybody telling me or the people telling me about these com computer nerd personas about how they don't like interacting, blah, 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 which wasn't my experience when I was interacting with them. And then I got the opportunity to build this advocacy team under um, uh, the product org there. And it was amazing to see uh, these folks who were incredibly smart, incredibly skilled developers, uh, who also just had this genuine interest in knowing how consumers were taking in the product and what they could do to make those products better. And specifically, I guess what most of the companies I've worked for, the uh, infrastructure is the product. Uh, so the, the customers were developers like them. And so it felt like really pure and magical when they got to help other people. And yeah, so it's just a really beautiful thing. Interesting. So I, I think I think you bring up an interesting point because you mentioned that you like you kind of came into hiring from DevRel from another another angle, and and that brings up the point. You know, I, I know we everybody has a different backstory, but like, where do you start? Like, who are the first people you look for when it's like, all right, I need to build. I need either the company needs to start doing DevRel period, or I need to build a team of these people. Like, what is the what is what is the what is the igniter, and what you know who who do you look for to hire first? Yeah, so I mean, I think that even before you get to hiring, the first DevRel people are like the founders of the company. <laughs> Touche. Uh, yes. Uh, so I guess you reach, in my mind, a critical mass where it's not humanly possible for one or two people to be like the feet on the street everywhere and doing all the things that growing a business needs to do. Um, so I don't know, and Matt might have some more insight than me on when that first hire comes into play, but I think that it is often forgot that DevRel exists before a DevRel team exists. Good point. Yeah, I love that, Jill, because it's like saying like, when do you have your first sales hire? It's like, if you have founders, you have sales. <laughs> yes. Just like if you have founders, you have marketing and support and engineering, right? Like this is uh, like wearing those hats and it gets to a point where there is enough work that it's just so clear that you need a skilled uh, individual to join your team in order to like start to carve out an actual strategy as opposed to, you know, being incredibly reactive to things that are happening. Um, you know, on the startup side, uh, for me, it was a recognition that we're to a point where we need to get ahead of our narrative a little bit more with mm -hmm. some key communities. Uh, and since you like, I have the advantage that I'm part of a, like a company that is, uh, gains value the more we connect with other companies that have similar technology, uh, which lends itself very nicely to a DevRel ecosystem because like I just want to send somebody out to go hug it out and make awesome demos that show off all of our tools. Um, so like having that technically nuanced person that can help span the gap between, you know, the marketing that we're going to need to close sales, but also like the top of funnel awareness that leads to, to a dev advocate being really effective, but also the product feedback loops that are essential. Um, and the right. startup side, it's like, you got to, you've got to have enough pain on your communication side and enough pain on your marketing side where you, um, you can send somebody out and like, you'll see the value. 
I think a little earlier. And I think uh, that person will have to spend too much of their time justifying their existence. Mm. Uh, and I always try to avoid that with DevRel. Like, how do you be the right amount of fat, as Mary would would put it, as opposed <laughs> to being like the the fully avocado diet. Right. Okay. Which we, we should mention that that unfortunately Mary's absent today, but uh, she's with us in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Sound Always. like she's dead. Okay. Well, yeah, she's not. <laughs> she's dead. She acted like she felt dead, pretty dead. She thought <laughs> she, yes. Yeah. Some food got the best of her in the LA area. Yeah. Uh, Gotta watch out. But she feels like death onboarding, like death death pre-sales kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a postmortem about this. <laughs> hey, Matt. Some- joke. <laughs> that was bad. So we can we can edit that out. It'll be fine. No, 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 no. I want people to know. Me. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Matt, there was something something you just said in that previous comment about um, finding that skilled individual um, that sort of you know really brings together everything you're looking for when it comes to the, uh, developer relations, evangelism, that kind of thing. Um, we're all very familiar with typical like job descriptions and and what people are putting out there. Jill, I'm sure you've seen a million of them. Yeah. Um, what, what is it to me? Like I, I can put out a job description, but this is really just sort of a, uh, get the conversation started. What are really some of the main, like, um, traits, I guess, maybe two different things. One traits that companies lo- are looking for, or they think they're looking for. And to the other side, what are the traits that really matter? Um, mm. you know, to, to that maybe companies just for some, for, for whatever reason, they're just not realizing like, this is what you should look for. Not not something that's on their resume, per se. We'll start with you, you, Jill. Yeah, so I think a couple of things in DevRel world. Uh, One, of course, like excellent communication skills. That's probably first and foremost for me. Uh, Written and verbal because you're communicating in a lot of different mediums uh, with folks. Um, Having a developer background uh, is important. And I mean, I guess depending on what stage you're at in building out your DevRel team, because I think there is space for folks just like on any team who are very senior and folks who are more entry level. Um, I hate the word junior. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I think for DevRel, this is kind of odd, but I think actually someone with like pretty thick skin, uh, because you are getting a lot of not great feedback because, but that's kind of the point, you know, um, where you're not necessarily like your customers, believe it or not, aren't always happy. Uh, and you happen to be the point, um, the point of contact there. Oh, and also someone, this is becoming a laundry list, uh, who really understands or who, who wants to understand the business, like that there, this isn't just like, oh, you're getting to go jet set around and like be at conferences and meet people, which is a a great piece of it, but you're a strategic arm of the business and a connector of the business. Um, so that those are all critically important. Oh my goodness. Preach, preach Jill. Uh, it's like, yeah, I've I think done you're this killing so it. To hit on something I think super important about what you said, Jason, it's like, what do people think they want versus what do they need uh, when it comes to some of these roles? I think what people notice first and foremost is I, I call it like, is somebody a known quantity in the space that the company wants to influence? Do they have a strong social following and a kind of a bit of a personal brand, whether you like that term or not, like yeah. we all know what it means. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, it's a bit of soul searching for the hiring managers. Like, do I need somebody that's already established or do I need somebody that is more nuanced in their social skills um, or in their technical skills? Um, so there, there are variations and levers to pull on each of these. Um, what I'm looking for personally is somebody that has a, a deep 
experience engaging with a large open source ecosystem and can help us mature our open source practices. And uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, but a close second there is like, can they do so in a positive way? Um, like, can they be somebody that uh, is really like being an example of what we want our community uh, community contributors to be? Um, so that everyone can look at them and emulate them. And that includes a lot of positivity, even with uncertainty. It means uh, like, you know, avoiding the, you know, twit pissing and, you know, back channeling type conversations, like somebody that will just be somebody that like I can lean on and know at least we always have one great example of what's going on. Um, those are like a little bit of the X factors that I really care about right now on top of all like the brilliant things that Jill listed because it is essential to understand that. Um, but I think if you if you understand that there are multiple levers and instead of looking for cookie cutters and carbon copies, like DevRel does seem to be a collection of misfits uh, in the org chart. And I love that. I embrace the hell out of that. If I have a team where two people are identical, I think I've failed in recognizing what I actually need and giving people proper lanes to be their best their best selves on the team. Right on. I, that kind of brings us, so I was kind of thinking when Jill was saying, uh, senior versus entry level and, and similar to what you're saying there. So I think, you know, we're talking, you know, about finding the first person, but after that, you're kind of building a team. And I, I in, in my, my experience, at least, and, and, and please, please share your thoughts. Like, it's kind of about, you know, maybe you start off with that person who does have a personal brand and, and is extremely thick skin, but not like a political jerk. <laughs> I don't know how to say that politely. Um, but you know, someone someone who's established and has has interaction with the communities you're looking to have interactions with. Maybe that's where you start, and then you want to build a team. Like, are you looking to build more of a team that's a mix? So you have your big branded person who's very well known, and then someone who they can actually mentor and bring along and make a part of the community. So you have a nice balance of established versus you know new new talent. Um, I've always found that successful. Do you, do you, do you both seem to see that the same way? Go for it, Jill. Yeah, so for me, I think DevRel-wise, but any team-wise, if you're hiring a senior member of the team and they don't have interest in mentor guiding a junior entry-level member of the team, then that's not the person I want to hire. Um, so I feel like the, the senior person I want to hire wants to grow others, so they will almost push me to say, when are we hiring someone else that I can bring along for the ride? Awesome. I love that story. Yeah. And I, I think there's something where like, there's a bit like just the recognition that DevRel is a bit of an unknown quantity uh, of an org chart. So I like to have a concrete objective in mind um, right away. Like what's that one thing that I know we need to get done and then give them the creative space to fill in the, uh, the gaps there. Um, and th that comes to mind when, when thinking about like, you know, how do I position this person to like, are they the first hire versus second hire versus how many you're going to follow? They're going to help influence how we connect all these dots. But that's also probably a reflection of I'm at an early stage startup. So I might just be excited about like the who, who knows, like we're, we don't really know what our problems are yet. <laughs> so Matt, I feel like you're kind of touching on one of the topics we wanted to uh, bring up today. And that's <clears throat> really about okay, we've, we've started to expand our, our little uh, DevRel team here. Maybe we've brought on a second person, um, but, but clearly we want to expand and sort of grow, um, you know, grow beyond just a couple of different people on the team. Is there something um, as you move forward trying to expand the team, is there something you already have in your mind as far as what you want the next person to be? And is that related to the people you already have? 
or is it related to uh, upcoming projects or just the greater business objectives? Like how do you, how do you sort of like keep in mind that we want to have a diverse voice, uh, you know, kind of group here. We're getting a lot of different sort of angles and, and experience, but, but also have a higher um, idea of where you want things to go thematically, I guess, for the company. Oh so yeah. Maybe start with Matt on, on that one. No, I, I, I love uh, the way you frame that because it, it does uh, become like a little bit of matchmaking of like, what skills do we currently have? Like, to what I said before, like the collection of misfits, I want everyone to be their own unique misfit and like connect together very effectively. So it's understanding what team you have already. Uh, but then like the only way you should be hiring is with an acknowledgement to what your business objectives are and like alignment to them. So yeah, it's the intersection of those two pieces. And I can give a concrete example. Like uh, I, I joined uh, with the goal of, you know, probably creating some great content and curating open source uh, collaboration on github those are the two things i did really well at the last two jobs and i enjoy it um and when i was looking from the next person like i am have found that i don't take the time to get deep in the products and tell like a fun product narrative uh, i've never really been great at building demos that are like really like eye-popping so we're looking for somebody that does that that like enjoys the creative space that is you know finding a fun way of monitoring something that you wouldn't normally monitor and turning that into uh, like something that's like stage worthy. So that, that complements me, that leaves a lot of room for them to expand. Um, and, and that's just like an immediately valuable uh, asset to the team to have somebody that's getting those creative juices going in our target customers. Um, so yeah, looking for the, the complement of those two things and aligning it to a broader strategy of you know, event engagement and interactive demos. Yeah, I think in this realm too, there can be this desire to like hire just to hire like, oh, we, we should have a DevRel team. Um, check, checklist idea. Yeah. yeah. We talked to our VCs and they yes. said, we should definitely have a DevRel person. So it's important as this hiring is happening um, that you set up like what success and agree with leadership or whatnot of what success and metrics look like for this team. And one thing I super, super love about the DevRel community is that it is a great community and people are very willing and open to share like what worked at their company, like what totally bombed <laughs> at their company uh, and so on and so forth and, and metrics wise, because I think since this is such an early stage thing uh, that most people have like kind of been through it. And like when they go through it, they don't want someone else to have to go through what they went through. So there's tons of knowledge share happening. So make sure that those kind of get in place so that later when, I don't know, product isn't doing well or whatever, that it's not like, why are these DevRel folks here and they're the first yeah. to go or something. Hmm. I'm sure none <laughs> of us have ever experienced that before. Uh, but no, I mean, you, you bring up an interesting point. Like you, you mentioned at the beginning, Jill, that you've been, you know, you were at Rackspace a while ago and that was your first DevRel hiring situation. And I find it interesting because A, that was like the beginning of DevRel as a term, as a word. And, and B, you were hiring a team, which a lot of companies haven't even gotten to that point yet in the, let's call it, you know, seven to 10 year history of what DevRel is. Yeah. Or as we understand it. Um, but on top of that, I think the, the interesting thing is, you know, this is new territory still. Mm -hmm. um, we're only now seeing companies saying like, this is a thing we need. We're seeing venture capitalists saying, get this DevRel person. That's what you need. Whether yeah. it's for content creation or event management or, or to have a speaker 
on their roster or whatever. Like it's, it's actually become a checklist item, which is kind of like a, a step forward in victory. Um, yeah, it's but a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. But at the same time that you mentioned the awesome thing, which is, and I think this comes from the fact that DevRel really stemmed from the open source community, mm-hmm. is that DevRel in general is an open source thing. There's, there's no right way to do it. Um, you kind of have to go go to your company and say, listen, you know, we have these ideas and we have these goals and this is what we want to do. Who are the people that need to do this? Do we need to bring in people? Do we do it internally? Um, so when, you, when you're building that team, when you're either recruiting or hiring or building out what you already have, like how do you, how do you kind of look at the, the goal of what you're doing and say, cool, how do, I, how do I translate this to people so that they understand and can then join me in, in having that passion for this thing that we do? Yeah, it was funny at Rackspace because I didn't realize at all that we were being innovative or anything because I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. I just knew that we had uh, this team they wanted to build out that obviously I got put on. We had a bunch of SDKs for different languages. We needed folks from different languages to be able to communicate with their communities uh, and then go speak about Rackspace. And um, so I was just getting to hire all these fun people. But uh, one of the cool parts about that team is even though that was like five years ago at that point, I think the majority of them are still some of my closest friends. Uh, So they're just wonderful humans. So I got got really lucky in that sense. Um, But I I saw kind of early what worked and what didn't and the company going through growing pains too of like they wanted them to kind of be sales folks. Uh, And then what was really like connecting to the different communities was going presenting at conferences, events, whatnot, where they like built their own cool shit on top of of the product. And so Brian um, Curtin is a a great example. And he was really into baseball and he is a kind of prominent member of the Python community or, you know, he was on PSF at at one point. And uh, he uh, did like build this app that was like baseball stats. And it was just like one hearts and minds over. And it almost had nothing to do with Rackspace, um, but it really, really engaged crowds. And I, at that point I was just like brain exploding. Um, but I think that that's such a key thing where you want, you are a salesperson to a certain extent. Um, but to be able to, but like you have to pass the sniff test because developers get it and you just don't want to be sold another thing uh, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems developers can smell a salesperson a mile away and they know when you start presenting, like that's a sales pitch. Yeah. Goddamn stage. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, as friendly as we're all being here, I also want to push back a little too, right? You said there's no wrong way of doing this. And like, I think you're, you're wrong. There are okay. definitely okay. wrong ways. I've, yeah, I've I... experienced a handful of them firsthand. <laughs> I've been responsible for a couple. Um, but what, I appreciate your are, openness. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a handful of patterns and I think they're finally getting titles associated with them so that people can have their own lanes like the nuance of having a developer advocate versus what evangelism is and the, right. the difference of those two roles and uh, unpacking dev advocacy uh, and developer experience for like an SDK management team. Like, I think we're finally getting the like taxonomy of the org chart there that's uh, giving us like the level of detail that we can say like, um, so when somebody does have a checkbox of like, add your DevRel team, it's like, cool. All right. Well, in a prepackaged DevRel team, I get like this <laughs> starter kit. Uh, and like, this is how much each one of those is approximately going to cost. So what I like about that is like, we're getting to a point where we can push back on expectations. Um, because the worst job I've ever had related to this, it's that they, there is just no 
stack ranking of responsibilities or differentiation. It's just do all of it and do it all perfectly. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of nuanced, uh, like effortful work in order to do this well, in order to just manage CFPs is it takes forever. And then you're also supposed to be answering threads and like writing code and like presenting on this stuff. So <laughs> The fact that like we're getting to a point where we can have some clearer lanes and differentiation, I think, is uh, a blessing for everyone's like mental health in our in our community. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I, sorry, ahead, PJ, I got. I just got a follow up question before we move on to the next thing. Um, so we've kind of talked about like what are good qualities we kind of keep an eye out for. What what's you know um, a good flag in in somebody's resume or just a good trait quality that they have. Is there something on the opposite side of that where? You know, you, you either know something about this pers person's like personal brand or some sort of past history that has come up somewhere. Is there something? Are there that, red flags? Yeah. Is there something that you're just like, I don't know if this, like on paper, this guy's or this girl's a perfect fit, but you know, what's that butt thing for, for both of you? <laughs> Start with Jill. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, it's always in any role, like the no jerks rule. Um, I don't care how big of a name brand someone is. If I've heard that they've treated people poorly in any form or fashion, then I don't want them on my team. And I've f had to fight at more than I'd like to admit in my career to not hire people like that. Because as much as companies can say that they don't want that person, like when you have a special skill set, companies are like, well, but maybe they've changed. <laughs> <laughs> They don't, change. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't change. Yeah. Um, so that would be that would be my my number one. And I think that I don't know about a red flag, but what's really great to see is someone who's just passionate about the product, uh, who really is hungry to learn more and see how they can improve, and not just doing it to be again this like envision jet set of real life. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think um, I've been filtering more for people. And this is something that comes up like during more of a skills interview where you give some unstructured um, sort of like lists of ideas and like see how they kind of parse through it and give you some structured approach. It's like I want someone in this space to be confident, you know, prioritizing some immediate actions and then like saying no to some other things too. Yeah. Like are, are they somebody that like understands that like they're not all things have equal value and that they they're going to feel comfortable pushing back because they're going to be overloaded with requests. And like, I think there's a level of maturity in your career where you're comfortable saying no and you're comfortable being like, okay, I like these things, but what's the business differentiation here so that I can actually rank them. If somebody uh, like I look for somebody that can, can lead me down that path of that conversation so that I know that I, I don't have to be policing their workload to make sure they're not getting burnt out. Yeah, um, that's, that's, really that's huge for me. Awesome. Now I, I do have to ask the question. I don't know how this hasn't come up yet, but since this is about hiring, are, are both of your companies hiring right now? Like, I feel like we should probably ask that. Uh, Fastly is definitely hiring. We're not hiring for DevRel right now, but we're, we're very much hiring. Yeah. I, I could get in with you later because, you know, we, we've known each other on Twitter for a while. When is, when is Fastly not hiring? Um, <laughs> just kidding. I, I used to work with a lot of the folks who work at Fastly. So like uh, whenever there's a position, I get at least like 10 notifications from people like, Hey, Fastly's hiring. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. So many they, ex engineered people there. Just a little, just a few. You're killing it on the network effect there. Um, yeah. And, and at Sensu, yeah, we're, we're hiring pretty big right now um, across the board, sales, engineering, but developer relations, we're hiring our first dev advocate um, that will have a nice distinct lane from, I've set up 
what I'm calling like a, a triad of people that will work well together yeah. of a developer advocate that has that technical specialty. Um, and like really their main focus is to understand the nuances of Sensu, but they'll be teamed up with a, a content strategist who will own the narrative and the cadence so that okay. they don't have to feel like they have to own both. I feel like that's something that's too much to ask one person to do. And I've never seen it done successfully on by just one person. Um, and then the third person is like the programs person that is focused on the con contributor experience and like weaving the people back into everything we're doing. And like they'll all overlap to some degree, but like I think each one has their own distinct like pri primary objective. Uh, and if the three of them work well together, I think we'll just all move forward really, really effectively. I have a question because I, I saw that you were hiring. Listen, we I, will ask. Yeah, let's do this. Jill. <laughs> uh, PJ, could you mute for a second? <laughs> I think Jill's got it now. <laughs> no, so I was just wondering, as a you know a, a growing company, like when you post a DevRel role, did you get did y'all get a ton of people applying or like oh, what's, yeah. okay <laughs> yeah like what's the expectation for yeah and well there's kind of two things there there's like both we are um, I have made a, a commitment to myself I will not put years of experience as a differentiator for anyone and I certainly right. won't fucking hire for pedigree so I don't give a shit what your degrees in yeah um, I, I want to see people's like experience in the industry and uh, and expertise as as shown through their participation in in the ecosystem so um, so that means like people uh, saw themselves a lot in the job role, um, even if they're a little earlier in their career than I meant to. So I've, I've had to edit the post multiple times to like yeah. really elevate the expertise level yep. and make that clear. Like you have to be able to run on your own for a while and like yeah. be a leader. Um, so that was the first kind of lesson learned there. Um, but like it's coming from a good place and it was well worth it. Um, and uh, so yeah, a ton of people coming in. And then what was your next point, Jill? I think I was just saying, like, what could smaller growing companies expect from a candidate perspective if they're posting for DevRel? Um, yeah, you'll see uh, you'll see a ton of different backgrounds, and I, that's actually <laughs> been what I've enjoyed most. Like, a lot of people from um, from developer backgrounds that are trying to get out of that and in, on the stage a little bit more. So when, when screening those calls, I'm like looking for people that have already gone out and done a little bit of it on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, even if that's just like collaborating with an open source project uh, through GitHub um, or at least talked at their local meetups. Like wow. if you haven't taken that initiative on your own when you're in that role, like maybe you're not totally ready to dive into DevRel as a full-time profession. And that's like a tough love moment for a lot of those candidates. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, uh, I think there are marketers who um, are like think they want to be more technical. Um, so I like really have to screen on the technical side and ask our VP of engineering to jump in and like have a co conversation with them and, you know, just give them honest feedback on like how technical they're going to feel because monitoring is a lot of stuff. Like you yeah. kind of have to know everything. So if you were just like one part of an API driven technology, I could see people picking that up quickly, but we got to be a little bit hard on our screening for the technology side too. Makes so sense. Cool. I'd say expect, expect a lot of people and use a really great tool that helps you be humane throughout that process. Uh, and if you have one, please tell me cause ours is not doing the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm spending a lot of time like manually making sure no one falls through the cracks. Cause I just hate the anxiety of not hearing back from a recruiter. It's the uh, worst. It's exactly. so bad. So. 
All right, so I've got one more question before we get into our sort of final notes and checkouts. Um, what's, uh, we'll start with Jill. What's one piece of advice you can give to a company who has recently made the decision they're, they're ready to start going down the DevRel path? I would first and foremost just study the market and see what your competitors are doing in the space and see what companies that are doing it really well are doing. So don't just, again, like we were talking about earlier, like, oh, I need a DevRel, like searches for one on, you know, LinkedIn or whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> find out what it means and what it will mean to your company. Do that pre-work first before you jump into hiring. Oh, I love that so much. Um, and like, basically I'm just going to continue what Jill said. And it's like, uh, like when doing that, I, I know a company has done it well when they, instead of saying job title, DevRel and job title, you know, marketer, they actually say like, all right, well, who's responsible for what sort of major objective? Like, uh, and the, whether that's in the form of KPIs or OKRs or just a list of shit you want to get done by the end of the year, I don't care what model you're using. If you've written it down and a few of those, you're like, these are the top five that I'd want a DevRel for. And yeah, you're, you're going to do it well if you've actually taken the time to do the pre-work. Nice. Thanks. Awesome. And BJ, now, you now I think uh, the checkouts. Yeah. So, so as, as folks who listen know, this is the checkout section of the show where we talk about uh, maybe something DevRel related, maybe something not, but we usually do a couple of things. And uh, I will go first to be the, the example. Uh, so that our guests know what's going on. So uh, the first thing that I have going on uh, is a technical thing. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a conference that I wanted to be kind of an all-inclusive uh, ultimate tech conference called Code Days. Um, we didn't do one the year after due to issues with the venue and construction and, and various reasons, but I'm, I'm happy to announce that as of this morning, actually, um, Code Days Volume 2, which is what I've decided to call it, um, will be happening September 14th and 15th in Buffalo, New York. Uh, this Buffalo, New York. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. No, that's awesome. Uh, I'm from upstate New York. Not too far from there, man. Exactly. There's, there's three parts of New York for those who don't know. There's New York City, upstate New York, which is everything else, and then western New York, which is where I live. Which yes. Is where We're officially um, friends. We actually exactly, know that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, some, that's some New York geography. That wasn't one of the checkouts, but you learned something today. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the conference is September 14th and 15th. The CFP is open till April 30th and early bird tickets are on sale now. Um, I'm sure we'll have the links in the show notes. On a less technical note, uh, I was doing some reading last night and I found that apparently this year uh, is the 40th anniversary of Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Um, awesome. Which I know when I was young and I was starting out, this was like, if you really wanted to know you were a nerd, you read this book. Yeah. Um, because cool people didn't read this book. Like if you wanted to make sure you weren't going to date until 18, 19 years old, this is the <laughs> book that you read. Um, it's actually, it's, it's the only book, one of the only books I've ever read that I actually laughed out loud while I was reading this book. Like it's just, it's absurd. It's funny. It's very tongue in cheek and it kind of, you know, the, the, you get the philosophy of maybe we shouldn't take everything so seriously. Um, so great book, 40th anniversary, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I suggest folks check it out. Um, so those are my checkouts. Who would like to go next? I'll go next. 
Um, from a tech perspective, uh, since we're talking about building DevRel teams, I do want to remind folks that since it is, you know, early stage in this industry and it's growing, it's a great opportunity for us to make this like the most inclusive and diverse piece of a technical organization. Here, Almost here. no one has more than a few years experience doing this. So everyone is welcome. Everyone can learn. Um, so as we're building teams, please remember those things. Um, and then from a non-tech perspective, we'll have my first public podcast appearance by Peanut Butter, my <laughs> Who puppy. didn't see this coming? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I can't even handle Jason, this puppy right maybe now. We should be, maybe we should have gone video on this one. <laughs> we, we might put this one up on YouTube just for Peanut Butter. <laughs> I, I'm amazed. Just looking at the time, we've gone, like it's, we're, we're at about 36 minutes, and that's how long. That might be the longest that Jill has taken ever not talk about or take a picture of her dog. Or put <laughs> That's very true. Two, but the yeah. older dog. Anyone to follow you on, on Instagram just so they can see more about Peanut Butter? <laughs> Yeah, so well, follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Jill Jubs, J I L L J U B S. And you can get all the peanut butter and bean, bean sleeping, snoring next to me. Uh, picks for, those, for those of you just tuning in at the end, she's talking about dogs do not take beans and put them in peanut butter. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's a judge free zone. You can do what you want. Yeah, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> we like creativity, PJ. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm a peanut butter and jelly kind of guy. I think that. <laughs> Is, is the dog's name Jellybean? Because then we're totally good. You no, can. I never, you know what? I've never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just renamed the dog. Yeah. Mind blown. Wow. Wow. I'm not going to sleep for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I guess oh. it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to go next. So, what you got? Sure, sure. I in the technical side, I've been trying to automate more of the things. Definitely not all of the things when it comes to kind of task tracking and uh, project management. So, I've always loved Trello for being a bit of a Kanban board. Um, but there's something just nice about having a to-do app around for all those little things. So, I've been using Zapier quite a bit to automate the connection between Todoist and Trello and like try to zap all the things between them and keep stuff on track. And it's been working pretty well for me. Um, and I, I'd love to share that more with people. I haven't had time to blog about it, but happy to talk through it with anyone. Um, on, that, on the non-technical side, I have been really enjoying reading the Expanse series. Uh, Ooh, this yeah. amazingly nerdy kind of future where, uh, you know, humans have colonized Mars uh, and also this asteroid belt on the, the outer rim. And they're like three separate cultures that are kind of have tension rising. It's a really, really good like geopolitical space drama type thing going on. And I really dig it. And if you also don't like reading un unbelievably thick books, um, <laughs> then they also have a great sci-fi series. And the next season of that's coming out pretty soon. So you can start with the first one. Great. Very cool. I'm definitely checking it out. <clears throat> um, okay, I guess that leaves me. Um, so I'm still kind of dealing with vacation brain. I was gone like all of February, which was nice. Um, but I was struggling to even think about what I could share with everybody. First of all, I'll say Ohana to everybody because that's a community in, Ho in Hawaii, which I thought was cool when I found that out. Um, top of mind for me, uh, as far as like something I, I think everybody in the 
DevRel Evangelism World should check out is a book called The Tipping Point. Uh, I know a lot of people are already familiar with, um, with the author who is, what's his name, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, it's very good. It's, uh, it talks about how, you know, it talks about a lot of the things I think we share in evangelism about connecting and, and being influencers and how that's done in a, you know, in a non-slimy way, I guess, in a very genuine way and just uh, for, for the positive of the world. Um, so I definitely recommend The Tipping Point. And then uh, other than that, I'm just going through CFPs for DevOps Days Rockies, which I'm helping organize here in Denver. And uh, we're pretty close. I think we're, we're ready to start reaching out to speakers and make sure that um, they're available still to come be part of our event. But uh, hopefully by this time next week, we'll have the program announced. So um, anybody who's listening, who's in the Boulder, Denver kind of area, um, you should come check out DevOps Days Rockies. I think it's going to be really good this year. So. Oh, I will also support that. I, I was there last year and it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, and then, you know, tweet some cool stuff at us at community uh, underscore pulse. Um, love to hear what's, you know, kind of going on out there in the world. I'm trying to get plugged back in. I feel like I've really been disconnected, <laughs> which was good. I needed it big time, but um, I'm having a hard time kind of reassimilating myself into the, into the internet world again. I'll take yeah. your time and kudos for you actually taking time off when you're taking time off. It's uh, something we can all afford to do. Thank you. Yeah, it was very much. A, I was posting a lot of stuff, but it was mostly a one way conversation, just sharing <laughs> things from my family and friends to see what's going on. So nice. very cool. Very cool. All right, PJ, take us away. So, yeah. So thank you, Matt, Jill. It's been fantastic. I think we had a really fun time. Thank you to peanut butter, of course. Um, <laughs> We, uh, we'll see you next time on the Community Pulse. Thanks. This has been another episode of the Community Pulse podcast. Find us on Twitter at community underscore pulse, online at communitypulse.io, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll see you next time.